What are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right, and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Welcome to Right and Wrong, where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense to the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me, as always, over there is producer Juice, the Juice Box, Juice Benzada, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, Juice Box. He's number one. He's holding it down. I'm holding it down, and uh, we're fired up for today, huh? How about you? You fired up? You should be fired up, because we got some awesome topics on the show for you. You know we're going to be talking about the man of the year, Mr. Elon Musk, and his acquisition of Twitter. We're going to take a look at how the left is using a familiar playbook to attack Governor Ron DeSantis. And um, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is on trial and no one seems to be noticing. You're definitely not going to want to miss the come on, man, segment of the day that we have teed up for you at the end of the show. The left's been calling Republicans weird and uh, we'll be happy to show you why that's going to be a losing strategy for them. So, uh... Mr. Juice, looks like my threats really paid off, huh, buddy? Yep, I sprinted right past that 50 Twitter follower benchmark like my name was Usain Bolt. I'm sitting at a solid 57 dedicated followers now. I guess the listeners really enjoy hearing the shoutouts. Remember last week, I put the shoutouts on hold because we couldn't get past that 50 follower mark? Well, I gotta come through, right? I'm a man of my word we got to bring it back. I made a promise last week. I'm planning on sticking to it. So, off the bat, i got a couple of moms out there in the audience that have a much larger reach than we do. And they're pretty, uh, they've both been responsible for helping this show grow. So, thank you, Paula in the North End and Mom in the Bay Area. You're the real MVP. The only other moms that like us are the ones that are forced to like us. You know, like uh, our wives... Friends that feel obligated to, or our birthing parent. Uh, and I thought my jokes were bad. <laughs> I'd also like to give some shout-outs to Missy and Squanum, hopefully Marshfield, Francis in the Hood, Keeks in GA, Steve-O by the Lake, Chauncey out west, and Michelle and Dot. Let's go. Thank you guys all so, so much for listening, for following, and for uh, enjoying the show so far and supporting us. They found me on Twitter, at... DD Ruka 617. So if you're listening to this and you're not one of the faithful 57, give this desperate host a follow, would you? I feel like hundreds not too far off at this point. I would plug my boy Juicebox over there, but he doesn't need any help from me. He's over at Juicebox 1423 and uh, he crushes me in the followers department. You guys know that already, and you know that it's a blow to my ego a little bit that the producer of the show has uh, more followers than the host of the show. There's just something, you know, not right in that equation. So part of that might be the fire tweets that I'm sending. We got to tip the scales a little bit. Okay, let's try and uh, make that happen. Now that we got all the grab assing out of the way, uh, I guess it's time we hear from Mr. Ric Flair himself, huh? It is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 
right. Juice, why don't you think about this for, for a second with me, okay? Generations of Americans, they've been getting worse, not better, for the past 60 to 70 years or so. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. And I know we are part of those uh, worst generations. I get it. It's not something I enjoy admitting to. But this realization has been on my mind for a while now. It's cropped back up this past week because uh, my 92-year-old 90, grandfather, I think he's like 92 or something. He's not even sure because I think he was uh, born in his apartment and they just guessed at like what his birthday is. So that's still one of those family mysteries, you know? I don't know. But anyways, Gramps is a uh, Korean war vet. And uh, he got to take this trip to D.C. last week, and it was run by an organization called Honor Flight New England. That's a, It's a group that puts together trips for veterans to get flown to D.C., where they get to be honored for their service and get a chance to visit a ton of the memorials and uh, do some sightseeing, get honored, all the good stuff. Each one of the vets gets to have somebody else accompany them on the trip and... Uh, Gramps ended up taking my dad with him. So the two of them were, uh, were got to go. They were in their glory, their military glory. Juice, you know, my dad was in, um, in the Army during the Cold War. And like I said, Gramps was a Korean War vet. So the two of them got to meet a bunch of other uh, vets on their trip. They, they you know, they got to do, do the whole thing. They were loving it. They were pumped. So they all got to be on the same flight, and they, uh, I think my dad said it was only like a 45-minute flight, too, like a nice quick one. But when they landed in D.C., there was um, a band there playing the military music for them. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. What's it? But I don't know. That might just be the president's one. You must have something there in your, in your toolbox juice, little, little... Something you can give for the listeners. First to fight for the right and to build a nation's might and the army who's rolling along. Proud of all we have done, fighting till the battle's won and the army who's rolling along. But yeah, the music was playing for them when they landed. There were current service members there holding like uh, holding flags, like they had one of those lines for the. For the vets to go through, they were all they all got to use wheelchairs. So my dad got to push Gramps through on his wheelchair, and they were holding the flags um, with people lined up on each side, letting the letting the guys go through in their glory. Everyone giving them like saluting them, um, thanking them for their service. You know, they got a hero's welcome, a well deserved hero's welcome. And I'm sure those guys are going to cherish that that day for the rest of their lives. So the 50 uh, or so soldiers that were there, they all served in World War II and in uh, the Korean War. And this generation is often fondly referred to as the greatest generation. I have no problem calling them that. They've earned it, and uh, I agree with the title. The question is, why have our generations continued to get worse? There's no simple and easy answer to that question. We have the advantage now, looking back on things, playing Monday morning quarterback. Think back to the 60s. There was civil unrest for causes completely noble and justified, and that led to more civil unrest for causes not so noble, not so justified. 
Now, this stuff happened 20 years before we were born, right? Juice, 20-ish? Yeah. But it seems that at this time, this is really when that disdain and hatred for the good old U.S. of A. really started to develop and become fashionable in this country. It seems like the old life's not fair, deal with it attitude was replaced by if something's not fair, stomp, yell, cry, hold your breath till your face turns blue type of attitudes that we see in today's society. Since that point in time, the family's become devalued. It's been replaced by government being your family oversized government useful education has been replaced by educational activism perseverance and hard work have been replaced by medication and grievance purity and decency they've been replaced by profanity and smut and religion's been hijacked by therapy it's no wonder why we're going in the wrong direction i understand that every parent just wants their kids to have better lives than they had themselves but we went from the days of strict parenting And we've overcorrected to the point of baby and our kids. It's strange, though, because in today's world, we baby our children by shielding them from, you know, bullies, household responsibility, manual labor. (laughs) Yet we strip away their innocence by exposing them to social media. We uh, allow them to watch violence on television, sexualized movies and and listen to explicit lyrics in in songs and the music they listen to we lash out at uh coaches and teachers that are trying to discipline our kids that are trying to exert their authority over them we lash out at, at those people for doing that and we teach our kids right there that it's okay to argue with authority it's okay to uh to disrespect authority and that brings me to my last point My first grade daughter had a book in her backpack called Different Kinds of Hurt, Isaac's Story. So this story is about a boy named Isaac explaining to a girl named Mia that he wasn't in school for the past two weeks because he was in the hospital to help fix his mind. He needed to get his thoughts and feelings healthy. Oh, Isaac. By contrast, the girl Mia... She's on crutches and she has a cast. She's can't she she doesn't understand how Isaac doesn't have a cast that she could sign her name to to like, you know, to to see that he had a physical injury. So the whole point of the story though is to kind of teach these kids that the mental quote unquote injuries that Isaac is dealing with is the same thing as the physical injuries that Mia is dealing with. Isaac explains that he gets stressed and nervous about taking tests or about the news. No idea why the news was thrown in there in the story, too, but that right there is a leftist talking point for you. Why some kid in, in you know, first, second grade, whatever they're supposed to be in in this story, is concerned about what's on the news is uh, beside me. I I don't know. I I didn't pay attention to the news when I was that age. And if he is paying attention to the news, then someone's teaching that to him. Either teacher, parents, family member, something. Some adults in his life are highlighting what's going on in the news to, to this kid who's now stressed out and anxious about it. 
Ugh. <laughs> so, so he tells uh, Mia that he would lock himself in his room because he's afraid that he wouldn't be safe. Oh, no safe spaces in today's world, I guess, huh? Uh, he goes on to tell the girl that his doctor and his therapist have helped him so much along the way. Mia mentions going to a physical therapist for her broken leg. And again, they make that comparison that his his therapist is the same as her physical therapist. Stories like this are poisoning our children. They're poisoning their minds into believing that nat- that the natural journey of adolescence is somehow mental illness. Fear, doubt, anxiety, those, they're all things that people deal with their whole lives. If we simply medicate and send our children to a therapist, then they never learn the power of self-reliance. They don't know how to work through those things to set themselves up for success as adults. And before you know it, your first grade student is a 30-year-old adult living at home with a sock drawer full of medications and asking Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to cancel their student debt. Do you think that greatest generation would be uh, living like that? They stormed the beaches of Normandy. Our current generation, us parents right now, all we need to do is storm the school board meetings and take back the power to raise our own children. Are you ready to do that? I know I am. Great civilizations don't collapse overnight. They slowly deteriorate. That's a tough one for me, right, Juice? Whew but they slowly deteriorate before they're gone. With the decline that we're uh, currently on, you got to wonder what we're leaving for the generations to come after us. What kind of mess are we leaving for our kids and our grandkids and our great-great-grandkids? Time to turn this thing around, and we can only do it by rallying together. All right, let's shift gears and get into the stories that we have on the show for today for you. So, Elon Musk is buying Twitter juice. You know, we all know about this one. It's the biggest story in the world right now. And uh, it's phenomenal because we get to sit back and watch the left just freak out about it. You stop and think why they're freaking out, though? Is it because they're afraid of being harassed online? Afraid of right-wing insurrectionists? Are they afraid of democracy dying? Are they afraid of Y2K or Fetch finally happening? Nope. No way. Not happening. They're exposing themselves, finally, as the racists that they are. They're freaking out because an African-American is now the owner of a successful social media company. Look at that. Over the years, the left has deceived the public into believing that big banks and financial institutions are evil only to bail them out during the housing crisis. The left insists they care about human rights, unless human rights are violated by the Chinese. They've convinced you to believe all women, until those women simply ask to keep men out of their locker rooms. The left is warned about the evil straight white man, unless that white man is named Gates or Bezos. They cried about the danger of giant corporations, Juice, while rallying to defend Disney World. Now they're out there screaming and yelling about how horrible life will be when Elon Musk takes over at Twitter. They don't realize that we understand their shtick. We're on to them. We know their game. 
The only thing that they're afraid of is a different point of view. That's it. That's all, folks. Porky Pig said it best. That's all, folks. Listen to this reaction right here from Brian Stelter. Look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party, or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I am I crazy, Matt? <laughs> Yep, you are crazy, Stelter. Uh, no rules. What kind of a party are we going to be at? Be at? <laughs> this guy's the worst. I think Musk is calling to keep rules in place. He just simply wants to be transparent about it. There's no such thing as no rules, you knucklehead. For years now, the left has attacked conservatives on Twitter, which today is the town square. And they've attacked conservatives just for having a different narrative. The leftists can't win the argument, so they cry about being bullied or harassed, and Twitter would put a ban on an account with no explanation at all. Elon Musk just wants to make it transparent, let you know what you're going to be banned for, let you know if you say this or whatever, this is why you were banned. It was like... uh in the NHL, Juice, you're a big hockey guy, I know that. Remember back in the NHL when Brendan Shanahan took over as like the um the the what was it, the the suspension guru, whatever whatever position that is. The National Hockey League senior vice president of player safety. But when players would get uh in trouble, they'd get fined or like um suspended or whatever for like a cheap shot for some sort of a hit, then they would get to go have a disciplinary hearing in front of um, a f- ex-player, Brendan Shanahan. And the best thing that Shanahan brought to the table was after these hearings, he would release a video and they'd put it up on like NHL.com and he would break down what the infraction was that the, that the player violated, show video of it, slow it down, break it down for you, tell you exactly what the person did wrong, and then determine what the punishment was going to be and why that was going to be the punishment. So it was great. It was like, like the transparency was phenomenal. And quite frankly, I'd love to see Elon do the same thing over, over on Twitter when he takes over. And, uh, you know, if he's too busy to do it himself, I would happily volunteer for the job. I'd love to stand up there and, uh, release videos, you know, maybe something like this. I stand with Ukraine 93. You are officially being banned from Twitter for one week for changing your profile picture to the Swedish flag, thinking it was the Ukrainian flag. Rob Reiner, you are officially being suspended for one month because you haven't done anything good since this is Spinal Tap. Rosie O'Donnell, Whoopi Goldberg, Alyssa Milano, you'll all be officially banned from Twitter for one year because you promised to move to Canada in 2016 and you never did it. (laughs) I could have a field day with this one. What do you think, Juice? Could have some fun with that? Yeah. You notice all those move to Canada people are all the same people who are going to 
quit Twitter over this too. <laughs> we'll see them twitting and tweeting away over there with uh, Councillor Frank Baker for the next couple of years, even though they're, they're going to stop using it altogether now. Yeah, go pound sand, leftists. <laughs> I can only dream for such a position like that, huh? Until then, uh, don't listen to the left, okay? Twitter's going to have rules, just like the world has rules and our society has rules. The argument here is not over what those rules are. The argument is who sets the rules and who enforces them. And the left is freaking out because their monopoly is over. It's time for the American people to answer those questions again. Not just the left. Uh, I hope you all know by now that it wasn't Trump that they hated. It's you that they hate. That's a lesson that the former presidents once uh, taught us. He said it so eloquently before. Much better than I just did. But he's absolutely correct. The, uh, the left doesn't just hate him. They hate all of you, too. They hate anybody who doesn't think exactly like they do. The left goes after their political opponents with the same venom and rhetoric that they attacked President Trump with. What made Trump different was his willingness to dish it back. Right, Juice? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Uh, no, I think the Washington Post covers us very inaccurately, covers me very inaccurately. I saw the story. I think it's a disgrace, but it's the Washington Post, and I guess we have to live with it. It's a very, it's a very inaccurate, quiet, quiet. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person. How come we have many of the experts from CNN and many other networks, if you call CNN a network, I don't personally, Joe Biden went crazy. He said, you don't need the ban. You, he didn't go crazy. Like he, just, he didn't even know what the hell the ban was. But he, so he didn't go crazy. You're but he did call me. You know you're a fake. You know that your whole network, the way you cover it, is fake. And most of you, and not all of you, but the people are wise to you. That's why you have a lower, a lower approval rating than you've ever had before, times probably three. It's people like you and CNN that say things like that, that... Uh, it's why people just don't want to listen to CNN anymore. You could ask a normal question. The statements I made are, I want to keep the country calm. I don't want panic in the country. I could cause panic much better than even you. I could do much. I would make you look like a minor league player. But you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to have our country be calm and strong and fight and win. Think back at how the left and the media talked about Bob Dole when he ran against Clinton. I know you all remember how vicious they were to W when he was uh, running for re-election. Wasn't he the worst president of all time and a racist warlord when he ran against John Kerry Hines? How about John McCain? He was a villain until he was no longer a threat. He was trotted out as an example of bipartisanship once he went squish. You know what I mean, Juice? Yeah, man. Then he was th then he was well respected and a maverick and all that stuff. How about when Biden told everyone that the man who's made a career out of a fantastic head of hair, if I do say so myself, and that cheesy smile, Mitt Romney? How about Biden telling people that that he was gonna put black people back in chains? I know you got that drop somewhere, Juice. You've used it before. We'll put y'all back in chains. 
They're going to put you all back in chain. Give me a break. You guys noticing the theme here? I am. Trump came along and uh, was willing to play the game by the same rules that the left does. And he was better at it than they are. Well, now that Trump's on the sidelines, the next target for the left is the best governor in the good old United States of America, Mr. Ron DeSantis. Unfortunately for them, Joy Reid is trying to lead the attack against good old Ron. Reid is coming out swinging and hitting DeSantis with a wave of well-thought-out, articulate attacks. He's a racist. He's baby MAGA. He's he's taking away black representation. He's taking away the ability of African Americans to vote. Oh, wow. Didn't see that one coming from her. One-trick pony over there. I don't know about you, but, uh... Seems like the same kind of attacks that they had for President Trump. Right? The Joy Reeds of the world have nothing productive to say, so they just rely on lazy race baiting. Just like she did this past weekend when she tried going after DeSantis for the horrific crime of having some black students behind him on stage while he signed an anti-critical race theory bill. Oh, stop it, DeSantis. Stop. You're, You're horrible. She was tweeting about how the kids must not have known why they were there and how it was she said it was child abuse to have those kids standing on the stage behind the governor. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Unfortunately for Joy Reid, but fortunately for us, the students were there with their after-school teacher, Jack Brewer. Right, Juice? Yeah. So Brewer is a former NFL, uh, former NFL player. He's also black, and he's um, now he's threatening... Uh, might have actually already filed it. I'm not sure about that. I think he actually did. But either way, threatening or filed a defamation lawsuit against Joy Reid. And uh, it's just absolutely hilarious to me. Serves her right for just talking nonsense like that. Joy Reid simply saw the color of those students on stage with Ron DeSantis and immediately jumped to conclusions and decided that... uh, it was racist and they must not be they must not be smart enough i guess to understand why they were on stage and what they were supporting give me a break msnbc you're going to be following cnn plus pretty soon keep people like her employed wow i tell you guys this story though just to warn you don't let the left pretend that they only hate trump they hate conservative religious americans They hate Republicans. They hate you. And that's never going to change. So whoever's on the top of the ticket, whoever's the um, hot Republican of the moment, they're going to get the Trump treatment. The only question from our end, are they going to continue down the path that President Trump went, just like Ron DeSantis is doing and punching back and beating the left at their own game? Or are they going to turn squish like all those other guys that I mentioned that came before them, and allow themselves to just get rolled over, run over, walked all over by the left, just so they can have, air quotes, respect from the establishment media. Take a hike. Give me DeSantis's and the Trumps all day, every day, and twice on Sunday, you know what I mean? All right. I hope you got the point on that one.
what we got coming up, Juice? What 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 else? Moving on? You giving me the signal? Alright. Let's go to the next one. Alright, Juice, you ready for this one, brother? As you know, I just uh got finished with my dentist appointment. So let's see if the listeners can can tell the difference between the uh the first half of the show and uh the second half of the show when I recorded after after getting the Novocaine. Thankfully I don't sound like Kramer in that episode. Um <laughs> where he gets he gets on it, they think he's uh mentally challenged because he's drooling all over himself and he's wearing those goofy sneakers that uh that Jimmy uses to jump high. <laughs> he's the best. Oh man, it's unbelievable. No way that stuff would fly nowadays, huh? No way. No, no way. way. So, the topic we want to get to here is uh, right in your backyard, my friend. It deals with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, a very familiar punching bag of the left. Greene is on trial right now where the left is trying to paint her as an insurrectionist and prevent her from ever being able to run for office again. Yeah, but. Bet most of you didn't even know that that was going on, huh? This is a, a very dangerous precedent to set. So the Dems are trying to use this, uh, this I guess, amendment, a provision to, to, to law that, that went, into, went into place after the Civil War. And it was designed to prevent, you know, some of the members in the, some, some of the people in the South that literally broke away from the country and tried to start their own country uh, or tried to, you know, just take over. America. That's what they're using. That's how they're trying to paint Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know, man. It just doesn't sit right with me. These uh, these meatheads, they hate her so much, and they can't beat her at the ballot box, so they're trying to prevent her from running. You know they're going to try to do the same thing to Trump if he tries to run again. So because... She raised questions about the election that changed all their rules before before letting us vote. Some of them, like in Pennsylvania, against the state constitution. Because she questions that and, and asks about it, and, and the knucklehead with the horn hat and Biggles' neighbor go and try and rush uh, Congress, try and, try and rush, storm the Capitol. Now they're trying to prevent Republican uh, candidates from running ever again because of that I mean if they want to go down that road I think they wouldn't like it if the shoe got put on the other foot as they say but why don't we take a listen um, listen to some of the questioning here and, and her answers from, from this kangaroo court that she was in and you know that um, the term 1776 is actually a term that's sometimes used in politics today I don't know if you've noticed our state seal here in Georgia. I know you're not from Georgia, but as you can see, we we enjoy our history and, and we're proud of our freedoms. 1776 is on our state seal. Great. And it's also a term that's used in political discourse in America today. I don't use it as a term of violence. But you use it as a term, right? <laughs> what? Uh, 1776? Uh, uh... Um, maybe I'll just tweet that every single day, just to just to get under these people's skin. Seventeen seventy six. She's being clever, like kind of kind of 
pushing back a little bit, but like even her using the phrase, I don't use it as a term of violence. F off. Tell him, see you later. A term of violence. Some, yeah, you, I've said 1776 a million times. I'm proud of, of America becoming independent in the year 1776. Breaking away from Britain. Breaking away from good old King George there. You Democrat nut job. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Stuff like that is what the left wants to waste their time on. They'd rather go to court for something like that than deal with the crime and the and the the violence and the nonsense going on in all of our major cities right now. Unbelievable. Why don't you listen to some more? There's some more. Oh, oh, believe you me, we got more. The last thing you say in the video is we aren't the people that are gonna go quietly into the night. Do you recall that part? Yes. Okay. Now that phrase, we aren't a people that are going to go quietly into the night, that's not something that you came up with on your own, is it? I have no idea what you mean. Well, that's something that you borrowed from a movie script, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. You borrowed that line from the movie Independence Day, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's go to the video thing as well. The entire courtroom laughs at that. This guy is ridiculous. Who is this lawyer? Juice, can you find some background on this guy? Man, what a moron. I don't care if she got that from Independence Day or not. I mean, if she was trying to inspire people by using that, that lines from Independence Day, sign me up, man. That's Bill Pullman's best performance he's ever had. Who doesn't get chills when he's standing on the back of that pickup truck Telling all the troops that if we win this war going forward, the 4th of July will no longer be on an American holiday because it will be a world holiday. It will be the day that we told the world, we told the others that we will not go quietly into the night, that we will not back down. We will survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And that one guy salutes him. With all he's got, his biggest moment as an extra, and a big cheer from all the troops, all the people they round up there to go fly planes and take out these killer aliens. I'm fired up right here just from just from talking about it. So whether she did that, I don't care. How is that relevant? How is that relevant? Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, if they want to go down this road, if if by some Hail Mary of a chance that this actually succeeded and they they ban her from ever being able to run again, <laughs> I can't wait until we see 75% of the Democrats get wiped right off the ballots when when the shoe goes on the other foot here. I'm talking Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, Presley, uh, Cori Bush. Um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The lady in California there that told everybody to get up in your faces. Every, uh, every, that, everybody in the Democratic Party. That's their MO. They're constantly telling you how bad this country is, how horrible it is, 
and how you need to go get in people's faces and 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 take to the streets and don't back down, all that stuff. The rhetoric that they throw out there, give me a break. This is hilarious. This entire thing is laughable. But that is the party of the left. That is Joe Biden's America, my friends. All right, all right, all right. It is that time of the show again, people. It is America's favorite segment. The Come On Man segment of the day here on the Right and Wrong Show with Brian Ruka. My man Juice over there always finds us some uh, great, great material for the Come On Man segment. And we we <laughs> he did not disappoint this week. So uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different right here for a second because... I do want to play this clip that is going to uh, kind of help set up, set us up for the the target, I guess, uh, if you will, of the Come On Man segment. So first, we're going to go to Mr. James Carville. You know, that guy uh, that comes along, and, and I only know him from getting absolutely roasted by Will Ferrell in old school on the debate stage. So, I mean, he can't even beat... He can't even beat Anchorman. So how's he going to give us something relevant here in, a, in an interview he did um, on MSNBC? So just listen to what this guy had to say real quick for a second. And then uh, that's going to help with our, our <laughs> it's going to help with our come on man uh, afterwards. They are a weird political party. They need to be branded as such. These 26 QAnon people. All right. That's not that's not necessarily the extreme. I mean, these are people that talk about testicle tanning. These are people that like go to Hungary for conferences. These are not normal. By and large, a large part of the Republican Party is just out and out weird. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I mean, do we juice? Can we can we sign him up uh, as a member here or something? Get get him on the uh, show notification page or something like that. I mean, if this guy just goes through and listens to every one of these segments that we've done, uh, I think he'd really think twice about which party he calls weird. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about there. Testicle tannin? Where's he getting that one from? And sign me up? Sounds kind of cool. I don't know. Uh, But (laughs) all joking aside, this guy has has the gall to go onto a news station and tell people that the Republican Party is weird while he is sitting there defending the party that wants to castrate children, um, put kids on hormone suppressors, teach children that uh, doctors guess at the sex of a baby when they're born. I don't know. I mean, seems like seems like that might be the weird party. Ah, but again, that's just my opinion. So that leads us to the real person that we want to focus on for this segment. Um, it's a doctor. I'm going to have to uh, double check on the name here, but she was on MSNBC, of course. And this was her reaction. <laughs> Just listen. Listen to the reaction. Talking about the mask mandate being removed from, from airplanes. So why don't we take that away, Juice? 
if people want to stay safe, the best thing they can do, high quality masks, and that when possible, carry some extra masks. I know this sounds crazy, but if you tell someone next to you on a plane, pay a 95 and just say, or surgical mask and just say, I've got an elderly mother at home. I've got a child with cancer at home. Will you please do me a favor? Having the people at least closest to you in that row, protecting yourself and them can be the best safety. So carry some extra masks with you. (laughs) Uh, Weird. Yep. Yep. I think that would be considered weird. Oh, could you imagine sitting down, being on a plane and some wacky liberal sitting next to you? nudges you and tries to hand you a mask, I would laugh in her face. She said that she was dead serious when she was saying that. Oh my God. I I can't, I can't fathom it. Give them an M95, carry, put a bunch of extra masks in your purse. You'll be great. You'll be able to hand them out. <laughs> you you want to, you want to get bullied. You want to get harassed. Be that person on a plane. <laughs> See how long it takes to, to get harassed and bullied. My God. When does it end with these people? They're never going to stop with this stuff. And how about that? Like, I I take that as, as her literally telling you to lie to people and tell them that your kid has cancer. Or tell them that you got an elderly uh, amino-compromised grandmother or something i don't know like are you are you kidding me like i i i guess i want to give her the benefit of the doubt and and just say that she was using that as a literal example but i really do find it troubling and i can't help shake the feeling that she's like advocating for you to just lie so you can guilt somebody into trying to wear this mask I mean, I guess I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that. I just talked myself out of that stance that I was taking. So maybe it worked for you too. I mean, if we didn't have the last two years to show us that the left's whole playbook is trying to guilt trip people, then maybe I would be able to give her the benefit of the doubt there. But we know that that's their MO, that's their thing. And they want to pull on your heartstrings and they want to exploit the uh, decency in the common, uh, the common decency that the rest of us might have, they, they just want to go exploit that and then wonder why nobody takes them serious and why nobody likes them. It's, it's the boy who cried wolf syndrome, right? So I don't know, but that interview, I, I wish we had video, um, but we're still, still audio only, but she, uh, she's like, looks like she's in a, in a uh, doctor's office. She's got scrubs on. She's doing this interview. People are going to watch that and take her serious just because of that setting. And that's dangerous. Talk about exploitation. There it is for you. I mean, if you saw the visuals of what's going on here, you're going to believe the lady who's um, being credentialed as a doctor dressed in scrubs in a hospital, or you're going to believe the guy in a hoodie uh, parked in a driveway recording from the front seat of his uh, GMC. I mean, I think she's going to look like she has a little bit more credibility than me, but, I mean, we know who's right and we know who's wrong in this situation. <laughs> so, I guess uh, joke's on you, Doc. Um, the, only pro- the only 
difficulty I'm having right now, I guess, wrapping this bad boy up is uh, I did never get her name on that. So um, random doctor doing an interview on MSNBC, you, my friend, have earned yourself one big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much, Juice, for doing a great job again, as always. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thanks for all that extra follow love that I got from everybody. And, um, you know, stay tuned for, for next week's show. Please come back, tell a friend, uh, share the show on all of our social media uh, platforms. We're up on Truth Social now, Locals, Rumble, YouTube. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter. That's That's my main one right now. But, yeah, give us some love, okay? Tell a friend. Let them know we're out here. You got anything else, Juice? I think that's all I got, so I got nothing else for you except thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.